And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. chatting right now. I'm not even paying attention. How are you guys? Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. Special Earth, Wind, and Fire show. Let me turn off those Beatles. We've got a good one for you. I'm fresh uh, back from the Long Beach Grand Prix, where I had a great time. We're up, boys. You can pick up the mics. We can talk. Say hi to Zuckerman. Say hi to Jerry Seinfeld. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. You know, the Zuck- world. Go ahead. Sorry, of madness. <laughs> Welcome to the deep world, the underworld, the unknown world, the dark world. I was telling everybody about the Long Beach Grand Prix and um, the reach of Spike's Car Radio. Uh, I was guest of, of Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, obviously the famous home of our friend Scott Dixon. Um, hung out with Scott. Hung out with Marcus uh, Erickson. Um, was guided around by Will and Patrick and uh, Dean. Um, couldn't have had a better time, and uh, they sent me into one of those uh, Acura NSX uh, pace cars for a little lap. Didn't have to get in the fast ones, but they were fast. And and this fellow was taking pictures of us, Zuckerman, you know, snapping pictures for Ganassi right. and for Indy. And then he comes over and he goes, hey, hey, check this out. And he turns his camera around. Your head was on it, on the back of the camera. <laughs> That's very uncomfortable. Oh, he had a sticker on the camera. He had a sticker on the back of the camera. Oh, like A God. secret handshake, like, yeah. yeah. And I said, it's okay. You, can, you, can, you don't have to whisper. You can say, I listen to the show and I have a Zuckerman head. But it's, it's like this secret handshake we have. But um, what a time. A great, another great, another great year at the Long Beach Grand Prix with Indy and everyone there. And I just want to thank Chip Ganassi Racing. We had so much fun. Uh, uh, Kyle Kirkwood won, who races for Andretti. It was his first win. Mm, Kyle Kirkwood, Kyle Let's Kirkwood. bring him out, Mr. Kirkwood. No, <laughs> he, was, he was fantastic <laughs> and excited. And uh, Marcus Erickson, the Swede, who races for Ganassi, uh, finished third overall and is now the points leader in Indy with that race. Another a terrific guy. We, we, we spent like an hour just talking about racing. I'm like, don't you guys have to race? <laughs> and Dixon, uh, Dixon DNF'd, unfortunately. Someone hit him into the tires. Someone hit his tire and he crashed into tires. He had a rough race. Uh, and then he blew his engine. Um, so uh, a disappointing finish for our buddy Scott. But he's, uh, he's off to Le Mans after this to race for Cadillac. Do you feel comfortable saying Le Mans? Le Mans. I don't. How should I say it? I'm not it? comfortable hearing I'm it. I'm not comfortable. How should I say it? Le Mans. Le Mans. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, I don't even like saying Porsche, to be t- tell you the oh, truth. Oh, come on. Let's not, let's not start. Please. <laughs> let's start again. I don't, like, I don't even like saying Seinfeld. <laughs> I'd rather say Cienfield. Steinfeld. How do people mispronounce your name? Uh, Steinfeld, I get a lot. 
Johnny Carson called me Jeff Seinfeld <laughs> <laughs> on my first appearance. Really? I believe so, yeah. I've never caught that. Yeah, I think it was at the end. Come on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Did that lessen the enjoyment of the moment for you a little bit or not? Did it Makes it better. Other things lessen the enjoyment, but not that. Because... <laughs> <laughs> He brought me back out from behind the curtain after right, I left, right. which was very nice to give me the little okay sign, which in those days was a meaningful little moment. But uh, in those days, I was a young comic. I'd only been doing it four years. I thought I knew everything, as young men do. And what I didn't know is that the way I perform, if I haven't got the mic in my hand, controlling my volume and my... And maintaining volume as I move my body around, I am not, I can't quite do my thing. Now, in those days, you had to talk into a boom mic, which is like three feet away. So you're just kind of yelling up into this thing, and you can't, volume control is an important part of comedy. So, um, but there was a good set, and, uh, but it wasn't what I was hoping it would be. But, uh, you know, artists, we tend to be very... Uh, Always unhappy. Never quite. Nothing is quite what you want it to be. That's the life of an artist. We accept that. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's a really good name Jeff for Spinelli. you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Spinelli. <laughs> and we were and, and what a weekend too. We were in uh, we were in Las Vegas with Jerry. So much fun. Caesar's watching Palace. at Caesar's Palace, watching Jerry do stand up Friday night and Saturday night. Moise came. It was fun. We had a great weekend with you. Do they? Well, thank you. I had a great weekend folks with you. Do, when, folks do know who Moise is. Yes. They do? How do they we, know Moise? He's the guy who him. ruins cars when we share <laughs> Yes. Cars. He left the groceries in the front trunk of the, G, of the RS 4.0. Yeah, he did. He left his crap in there. Yes. So you remember that guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got other things on his mind. You Lots can see of his eyes. They're, they're like pinwheels. <laughs> <laughs> he's dreaming other... He's far Moroccan. He's thinking Moroccan dreams. Yes. He's smoking hookahs and sitting cross-legged in a, in a tent. But, um, that is him. It's yeah. quite a weekend. Yeah, it was we, great. we met you there. We're, we're suddenly uh, backstage with you. You put on a great show. Then we're off to eat until we can't not eat. It's so great. It's so simple. And then we smoke cigars, and we saw a great movie. We have that this, was fun. May, may I tell them this this theater situation you have? Sure. Yeah. You get an empty movie theater. I rent out a movie theater to go to see the latest offering. And we we saw the Nike uh, the Nike movie Air. Air. With, yeah, uh, which we really enjoyed. Which we loved. Yeah. But it's just us. Yeah. Everybody's throwing out jokes. Yeah. You think, talk. You talk during the movie. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would do that. That wig looks terrible. Just meet with the parents. We know. You don't have to rationalize. We know you're going there. But it's a terrific movie. Yeah. And we collapse. And then Jerry performs again. Then he has to get out and perform again and, and crush. I, and I told Spike the, the really fun thing about being a comic is it's not just being, I mean, at the, to the point that I got to is that you do the show Good night, and you never stop walking. You ex you go between the curtain, down the hall, into the car, onto the plane. Plane takes off. Yeah, that seamless. Mo that motion, the momentum of that is very exciting. Off the stage, into the plane. Yeah, off Jetty. the stage, car, plane, plane just takes right off, and it's you're gone. Nice. That's a feeling, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's the thing I always like to say about you know these. Uh, 
people that go to the trouble of reviewing stand-up comics, I always want to say, do you understand when your review comes out, we've already left town with the money? <laughs> <laughs> you can say whatever you want. It's over. This is over. Yeah. <laughs> this thing happened already. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> this show isn't going to be here all week. And nobody's going to know what happened here. Yeah. No one's going to know. That was the funny thing you said to the crew last week. If you were going to be late, because we were a little late shooting on Thursday, and you had to hop on a jet and then fly to San Jose. Right. You said, oh, if we're a little late, nobody's going to know what happens in oh, San Oh, no Jose. one's going to know what happens in San Jose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're right. And you're great with people with cameras. You don't seem to care about them. No. But you talk about it in a way that you don't care, and then everybody puts their cameras away. Yeah. I got nervous when Moise flashed. Did you see Moise? He was Did taking he a picture do? of him, I and he flat the camera flashed. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Comedy is a paratrooper uh, skill. Uh, Mario was uh, 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 my opening act. Mario Joyner was talking about. I haven't. I don't know this stage that they change. They changed the stage for Adele. It used to be for Celine. Now it's for Adele, and they changed it. Right. And he goes, "Well, what did they do with it?" I go, "It doesn't matter what they did with it. You just get in the door of the plane and, and jump." <laughs> you jump when you hit the ground just start firing and keep firing until your time is up and then run yeah that's exactly right yeah no that that rough and tumble of stand-up comedy either you like that or you don't a lot of people once they get to television movies where you're treated like the precious exotic bird don't want to go back to that sweaty uh kind of uh messy world Right. I, I love the messy world, even though I'm a very clean and organized person. The messiness of stand-up is something I love. Yeah, you don't get distracted by it. Yeah. No, you said that to me and Andy years ago, because we were complaining about some offices Castle Rock had put us in. Yeah. And you were like, it doesn't matter. There's any <laughs> office. As long as you can close the door, just write. <laughs> the more comfortable you are, the, uh, the, the less funny you are going That's to be. That's so true. Yeah. 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 Discomfort equals comedy. Right. Yeah. Don't relax. Right. Right. That's very good. And That's you had good. that you had that office in New York that had that uh, three three walls, three window views of New York City. Yeah. That Bill Clinton was going to take, but yeah. you took it. The Carnegie Tower. And we went up there to write B-movie. He's like, I got to close all the shade. I got to yeah. make you guys uncomfortable. This is too nice. <laughs> yeah. And it did. The second we closed everything off and warmed it up a little, made it a little uncomfortable, yeah. we started moving. Yeah. I got to get out of here. Let's write quickly. <laughs> That's why as people get more successful, it becomes more difficult. Right. The maintaining of standards, which we touched on a little bit earlier this evening. We are talking about some guy who has a, a coffee uh, food place downtown. He had yep. very high quality standard and then found it difficult to maintain. The maintain is the most interesting part of life to me. Attain is great. Maintain is much more complex and interesting to me. Right. Can you maintain once you get to a, a level of quality obsession? And I, I give a little speech where I say, it, when you get to where you want it to be, you have to go back. You have to double down on what made you successful right. in the first place. You never graduate. You go back right. to the beginning and do it harder again. How does that uh, relate to your business? You, you what do you do now that you did when you first started out that's, that a lot of guys who get successful stop doing? You know what they stop doing? They stop meeting the clients, talking to the clients. They let their assistants do it. Uh, you think that your assistant talking to the client for you is going to get you the information you need? I'll still go and I'll talk to them. I'll go to where they got messed up. Right. The things that you that 
made you successful, that made you different, you double down on it. So you stay fresh and you maintain your standards. Mm. And I think this is a very smooth segue into the car world. We uh, watch these brands. We watch how they move along. They have to keep bringing out new things. But are they staying focused on the thing that made them in the beginning? Right? And there's so many companies go astray. So all of them, almost all of them. Almost all of them. Success, the poison of success is not discussed enough. It's poison the, the of poison success. of success. Yes, it distracts, it relaxes, it every, the, these things that you want. When you get them, you know, don't you, you stop wanting them? That's not good because if the success is the thing you want, you're not going to maintain. You shouldn't want success. You should want mastery of your skill. The success is just something coming in behind you. They deliver it. It's like the paper hitting the driveway. Don't don't look for it. it just Focus on the mastery of your skill set. You once told me a story that a lot of guys, their goal was to get onto the Carson show. Mm-hmm. They worked. You said, I think you told me it was maybe seven years to get that killer material for mm-hmm. five minutes. Mm-hmm. And when they achieved that goal, that was their goal, then they dissipated. Mm-hmm. They partied. They had fun. They had whatever. They did not right. keep working. Right. Well, uh, people tend to think that once something is created, it stays created. It actually doesn't. It, it, it's uh, like a cigar smoke ring. It, it's, everything tends to dissipate. You have to work just to keep it where it is. Yeah. Just to keep it where it is. And if you don't, uh, I don't know. I don't think you enjoy success as much if you make your life easier because of it. Too easy. Too easy. I, I'm, I'm not against the luxurious living. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But keep that in one box and keep that sweat box going, too, that that I don't feel like doing this and I'm going to do it anyway, whatever it is. Right. Your good habits, your work habits, study habits, homework, the grunt work. Right. Right. That's the essence of, uh, I think, to me, the enjoyment of life. I don't enjoy life if I haven't struggled at some point in the day right whether it's an exercise or a work habit that you're trying to maintain if there's no struggle at all in the day i don't feel right all right let's do an ad exciting news we have a new sponsor for our show today caldera lab say goodbye to the generic face wash on your counter because caldera lab is here to save the day when it comes to your skin backed by a leading clinical trial with nine out of ten men experienced healthier and visibly improved skin. Caldera Lab has the tools to unlock your best first impression and confidence. Today we have an exclusive offer for our audience so you can try for yourself and see why so many men trust Caldera Lab for their skincare needs. Use code SPIKE911 at calderalab.com for 20% off their best products. Inside the bundle, you're going to find the clean slate the base layer and the good the clean slate is where you start your day it's a balancing cleanser that uses gentle plant-based cleansing leaving all skin types exceptionally fresh the base layer is a nutrient-dense fortifying moisturizer that hydrates your skin and absorbs fast leaving you with a matte finish so you can start your day confidently the good is your go-to at night before bed and clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as helping to reduce visibility of wrinkles and fine lines 
This is why I use Caldera Lab. You always wonder. People are always saying, why do you look so young, Spike? Caldera Lab is why. Get 20% off with your code SPIKE911 at Caldera Lab. That's 20% off at calderalab.com by using SPIKE911. Unlock your youthful glow and be ready for summer with Caldera Lab, our newest sponsor. And we're back. Um, I heard some news. I can't say where from, and I don't know if you've heard this before, but I heard... I heard it from you. I heard it from uh, a source. Uh, news from a source. News from a source, a that, I, source. that I trust, that, that had been told. Really, you trust? Yes, yes. I do. Okay. Yes, this came... It's a salesman, right? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to give up my source. I'm not asking for the source. I'm just telling. But you this was from a meeting. He's got to be a know-it-all. I know. He's got. He's trying to blow my source. This is my secret source. Let me play the secret source card. <laughs> but I trust the information, and the listeners trust me. This isn't, though. It could be about what we were talking about before. June 8th, Porsche is making an announcement about a new car that, in their words, has not been talked about yet. Hmm. June 8th. And what is the significance? Hey, Porsche fans, what is the significance of June 8th? That is the 75th anniversary. That is the day the number one car was certified. Which was a 356. 356. But what does that mean? It's also right around the time of Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Luftgekult. <laughs> Le Luft Spike, it's Richie from Denmark. It's Le Mool. Jeff Steenfield, it's Le <laughs> No, I'm sorry, Casper. We enjoyed you teaching us how to pronounce that. Casper. That was Casper. Um but but what do we think? I'm throwing it out to you guys. What do you think that could be, Jerry? What do you do? You have any idea? I've heard it could be a nine. It could be a nine nine two speedster. But we have talked that's about that. That's not big enough. Okay, that's, that's not okay. big enough. And, and everybody already talks has talked about the nine nine two. Those are cars we know. We expect they they do have to break up their little dance move. Their little Arthur Murray steps on the floor <laughs> thing. The GT three and the GT three RS and the GT two and the speed. We, Break it up, shake it up. So, so what do I think it is? Yes, sir. What if it's one of those? Remember they showed those design studies. Yep. What if they made one of those? Yeah. It was weird that they showed all those cars. That eight-cylinder deal. Yeah. I I just happened to snap a picture of that the other day. I love the way that car looks. Really? And it's been back in the news. The three five seven, not that car. Not the three five seven. I'll pull up a picture while you're talking about it, but. That would be pretty amazing. But it could be this GT1 that we heard about way back in the day. This car right here you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good looking car. That's a great what, looking what, car. What, what is it? You're going to put that up? What? I'll put it up People there. See what it, it, was, is. it was an, uh, 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 I know it was a, an eight cylinder car. Right. I don't remember what they called it. Do you? Was it the 904? Is that what I don't recall calling? either. The last or was it a 550 uh, Tribute? No. No. I'll look it up. But. It's, I think we're looking at what guys I think I think, think we're looking at the next Halo car. I think right. we're looking it's, it's time. From Carrera GT to nine eighteen <clears throat> to whatever twenty twenty five, right? The next one's gonna and be And do you think Ferrari is going to have a matching uh 
competitor as well and McLaren like they did last time? Well, I would I would venture. I think that that's pretty much the the time cycle for it. It seems like they kind of uh, they don't want to screw the other guy too badly. They seem like they kind of coordinate that. I think they're also spying on each other too. Yeah, right. Right. At the highest level. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows what everybody's doing. Like any other business. Well, what are we this saying here? This great, by the way. It's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, so much better than the I have a new humidor, one. and I've got it regulated perfectly, and I felt mine was, too. I can't... Oh, here it is. Here's this car. But you only brought these two. Well, how many do you need? <laughs> well, these are kind of short. I don't, I don't well, want this the, to Well, the end. show doesn't go on that long. It could. The Vision Ferrari, the Spider. Hmm. Porsche Le Mans living legend. Yes, you're right. This was a V8 take on the Porsche 550 coupe, and they call it right. the Porsche Le Mans, which there would you be go. around the time. If they made that, that's awesome. Forget about it. Forget about it. Game over. Yeah. Oh, that's ex that's an explosive development. Oh my God. Yeah. That would be it. Why would they give us what we want? They won't. <laughs> they won't do it. But yeah, a V8 take on a Porsche 550 that looked like that, Zuckerman. Mm. Good lord! Yeah, that's amazing. And it, it just happened to float into the ether just a few weeks ago. I keep seeing it everywhere. So how does this source get his information? Did you ask him that <coughs> from the Porsche guys, PCNA? Hmm. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, sir? You have but but, your but see, let's, let's dissect that for a moment. Anytime information comes via PCNA to the salesman, they kind of know it's then going to leak out to idiots That's right, like me. That's right, of course. Right? It's so all it's, we can't wait to tell somebody. So that's what leads me to think it is something Porsche exclusive, you know, or 992 Speedster or, uh -huh. or special commemorative 911 of some kind. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a big day, though. Big. It's 75th anniversary. That's I'm true. not big on 75. 75 is stupid. 50. <laughs> well, you, 100. They didn't do 40. Huh? Remember when they did 40? I agree with you. I don't think 25 or 75 is, a big, is the number. But they've always been commemorating. They did a 60th. Numbers. Do you remember 60th? And they did, and they did 50th, a 70th. They did remember 40. they did the, nine, the uh, 935. The, right, right. For the 70th five years ago. Yeah. So this is a bigger one. 75 is bigger than 70. Oh, yes. yeah. Because of the five? Yes. Yeah. It's three quarters. <laughs> it's three quarters. It's three quarters of something seven. worth celebrating. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't really gotten anywhere with this. We've we've made a lot of good guesses. And then we've, you know, we're on record talking about this GT1, and which also came from a salesman named Dean, our friend at Porsche. Oh, yeah. That that but but again that information turned out to be maybe true maybe we were very far out ahead of it or maybe it was not even remotely true. So this is June eighth. We're going to hear something that's exciting about at least month. this announcement. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're excited. All right. Keep us excited. We got to stay bored. excited. Do something. Take our money. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're they're wanting to give you their money. They are. Are you going to take it from them? Are you man enough to take it? We're gonna we're gonna Glenn do Gary Glenn Ross. Yes. We got tons of questions, but let's do another ad real quick. All right, it's time to talk about America's number one meal kit. Hello Fresh. You get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonable recipes delivered right to your doorstep. 
skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. HelloFresh takes the hassle out of your mealtime this spring by delivering pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-prepare recipes right to your door. Skip the checkout lines. Get outside in the warmer weather because HelloFresh has dinner covered. Good food is too precious to waste, and HelloFresh pre-portioned ingredients cut down on your food waste by at least 23% compared to grocery shopping, which is good for your wallet and good for the planet. And no worries if you're not a pro in the kitchen. HelloFresh foolproof recipes arrive pre-portioned and easy to prepare in just a few steps. And as you know, Mrs. Ferriston uses HelloFresh. And while she is a very good cook, she was not the most skilled cook. And these meals, I'm telling you, are revolutionizing the Ferriston household. They're new. They're different. They're beautiful. I cannot recommend this company strongly enough. Um, if you want to give it a try, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 Spike 911. Use code 50 Spike 911 for 50% off. 50% off. Plus your first box ships for free. Remember, HelloFresh.com slash 50 Spike 911 for 50% off. Check our site for all the the, uh, the codes if you miss these, uh, and uh, you got to try this. It's uh, it's I'm I'm highly endorsing this one. I want you to go there. HelloFresh.com/slash/fifty Spike 911. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Well, let's catch up on uh, 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 news and notes of the the recent past. Of which Mr. Z has many things. I have a. Some interesting things. Okay, we'll call this segment, What Have You Bought Lately? (laughs) (laughs) What do you call this, Mike? Itchy Friday or something? It was Thursday. It It was was Itchy Thursday. Thursday, me and Zuckerman always. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You get really itchy, you're really tired, you're anxious, and you decide to blow off steam by buying multi-million dollar cars. Very relatable. (laughs) And, and hey, Jerry's a super, and then and you guys and, compete against each other well, now. Yeah, no, no, no. And then well, you sp- you spring it on each other. Yes, <laughs> and you feed off of each other. We do feed we off do. of each other. I get excited when he does something stupid. I want to do something stupid. <laughs> All right, too. he well, loves when I'm stupid. Let's <laughs> talk about what you did stupid in the last few weeks, Zuckerman. Let's start with you. Okay, that's a good title for the segment. <laughs> what you did stupid? <laughs> you are so stupid. <laughs> when I when I finish the, my description, you'll say you're stupid. <laughs> Congratulations, you're stupid. So, I've got, for sure, on the truck right now, coming from North Carolina to Los Angeles, is a four-digit 356. Wow. Number 5511. It was one of the first 500 steel-body cars made after the Gamoon cars. How many did they make in 1950? When they went to the Reuter factory... It took them one year to make those 500. So between uh, whenever production started, which may have been around March of 50, in those 365 days, they went from making one a day towards the end, they were able to accomplish two a day. I believe these cars were each assembled by the same cars. They had seven-man crews, seven or eight-man crews that would build each car. 
And that's how, and at the time, uh, Ferry Porsche didn't think that he had no idea whether this would be a success or not. Right. He didn't know if it would take him five years, 10 years. So it was a great surprise that in one year they were able to sell all of these and they had to reconsider their numbering system right. and add digits oh, to their right. VIN numbers. Right. So this is a very late carve those first 500 towards the end of the 500 run and it was completed in early march of 1951 right and it's fish silver uh it's it's what a fish silver blue right and you have that as well i also have a fish silver blue 51 mine is a five digit car 11101 wow and uh, i absolutely love the car you're gonna love the car this is one of the greatest 356s in the world that you have. I don't think you fully understand the pedestal to which you have just ascended. This is this is a uh, this is what we call a crown jewel moment in your collecting career. You have finally distinguished yourself. This is the this is the Picasso. This is the the Manet. You hear that Zuckerman, you finally did. I know. I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've You've gone been too very far. indistinguished. No, I, I, I want to remain in the lower echelons where I'm comfortable getting on well, a Well, that's where I come in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to. This, this car changes. This car casts a halo around everything else that you have because it, it really is just what you described. This is the beginning. What's fun, I think, about collecting is if you manage to succeed in kind of telling a little story for yourself. Points in the progression that you like and points in the progression that everyone knows are significant. So, but this is obviously the, you know, this gamuns are, are hard to get, but this car, you know, is really the beginning of, hey, we're going to be a real car company. Right. The, the gamun was kind of a, that was, you know. It's a prototype in a way. Yeah, yeah. That was like a guess at maybe, what are we doing here? And this is know. 51. Right. Yeah. The year Porsche wins its first race at Le Mans. That's yeah. right. right. And this is, so then that's June of 51. This car is finished in March of 51. Wow. So, so there so you close. go. Right. And those guys left the racetrack salivating and went and bought that car because right. they saw it win. Yep. It and between car. that car and your 59 GS, if uh, not to uh, um, blow the surprise... Well, no, that's been... We've talked about oh, that. You've talked about that car. Those two cars, I mean, there's a historical... Here's where they started, and eight short years later, look at what was going on. Right, right. The car I drove... Uh, I have the same car. I was driving it today. It's just uh, thrilling, fast. I was driving uh, my uh, 69 Mercedes diesel around a right. little bit, the 220. 69. And then I got in the 59 Porsche, and it was like... So fast and so uh, handled so well. And it's so... Um, the thing about Porsches, I think, as I was thinking about it, because obviously Mercedes also had tremendous standards of quality right. and engineering. But they weren't making the car fit your um, driving consciousness the way a Porsche yes. does. That's what Porsche was doing that, that I think only a few other companies did. And... Um, you get in it, and it's just like a perfectly fitting jacket. You guys were talking about that nice jacket I had on right. Friday night. When your jacket fits perfectly, a sport jacket or a suit jacket, it, you just feel totally different, right? Things aren't pulling and tugging. That's what a 356 is to me. That's yeah. why they're so special. And, and yeah. the 911s, too. 
Wow. There you go. There you and go. That, and that we're talking about the 59s or four cam cars, which are the most tech, technologically innovative cars of of the of that of those days. The, yes, and also a wonderful uh, ignorance uh, absurdity that there's no way we can really survive building things like this right. that are way too expensive, way too complicated, and way too difficult for people to maintain. And that they lose track of those things. That's what I love about the German engineering mindset. Not unlike Moise. Pinwheels in the eyes. <laughs> All roads they, lead back. they lose track. Of like, what are we doing here? Wait, hold it a second. What are you doing? So Bill, this, you know, people always ask you, do you drive those cars? Yeah, they so do. today... You've, you've done all this work all week. We're working on the movie. Yeah. You're doing all these shows. You get the day off. You wake up. You drink your coffee. Yeah. And you, you come down the stairs. You sleep with your cars yeah. that, yes, on this day. And then you were just picking them out one at a time. Yeah. Driving them and experiencing them. Yes. And what, what did you learn? Did you learn anything on these drives this morning? Um, well, I'm always trying to figure out why do I like this car? I'm always, what, what is it about this that, that uh, I'm connecting with? With the Mercedes, uh, and Paul, I think, could probably speak better on Mercedes. He's more into it than I am. With the Mercedes, it's like a thing that this was the best. These people, everybody that did this was doing their best. But then we went to another level. And that is the only thing I think that's exciting. That's, oh, where we, we turn these dials and this worked better. Mm -hmm. So um, with these cars that we like, with cars that any, any car that survives its time decades into the future, something happened in that moment. The, the Mura story is such a great story. These young kids, right, staying up after work to build the Mura. Right. You know, and... They were they were teenagers in early twenties, you know, and they did this in their spare time, and then just boom, they made the first supercar, transverse V twelve mid engine, the most beautiful body anyone had ever seen. Those moments, that it was it was a giant deal in '68. I remember it well, and it's a giant deal today because it's not often that things come together, and. I love the 220 diesel Mercedes for what it is, but the Porsche is a. Um, I said Porsche for you there, by the way. The the, the wow. Porsche is a. It, it is a. Uh, uh, it is a synaptic, consciousness relating uh, mechanism. I think I, something, and then the car does it. Mm -hmm. What is that? How how those? That's the relationship of driving that we pursue. So that's what I learned today. It's like, okay, let me get out of a 10-year newer car into a 10-year older car and see what it feels like comparing it. And you Time see, travel. oh, these guys were after something different. Mm -hmm. These guys were after a feeling. Mercedes was after, I think, a standard of quality. They're going to take something that they plan on making as many as possible for and affordable too for everybody right they're trying to make something ubiquitous that's going to be out there and do it at a level no one else has accomplished and it's it's it, it's it's there's supposed to be an industry where people are not supposed to keep their cars they're supposed in america you're supposed to keep a car two years throw it away that was america you're that, right in germany they're going to build something that's going to last forever mm -hmm. at a price point that's affordable and of the highest engineering standard right 
and that's what you appreciate about it is is that it's still so is valid. It's not synaptic. What it is is it's just so valid, and it proves the point so well. The thing about the Mercedes, I think that you enjoy, that and I enjoy more than the Porsche is everything you touch has a level of quality. Every touch point of the car, the door handle, the steering wheel, the seat adjustment mechanism, the radio knob, everything has been taken to a higher level. And Absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's an experience. Absolutely. So on the subject of what stupid thing, I've, I've revealed my stupidity with my purchase. Well, there's nothing stupid about it. And, and by if you know, you think that I, I got these great things, but these cars that you have now are really, uh, you've really done something, I think, special. Do, I think, you, do you appreciate that? I do. Yeah. I do. I like to go there, and I like to take a moment. It doesn't always feel right when I when taking satisfaction of my accomplishments. I don't know why. You know, <laughs> I want to be I want to be kicked in the ass. I want to be. I, it I, hurts. I, yeah. I, How about, did you see yes. Jerry made that lovely toast yes, about me at dinner, which was that. very emotional and very touching about the movie. It was excruciating for me. Excruciating <laughs> the pain on his face. I was. was, so, so, it was yeah. <laughs> I was it's so just not my self-image of myself. Right. But it was very, I, very, very nice. I'm the same way. I, nice. I don't really like getting a compliment. <laughs> I don't know why. We hate it. I, I always feel like I'm not... Worthy I, I, I want to respond in the right way so that the person feels glad that they did it, but... That's no. all I'm thinking about. Is. It was great. It was lovely. It's it was just hard. I remember you saying that when you're on stage, when people are applauding for you, you put your tongue in your mouth just to remind yourself, just get through this moment. Yeah, that applause that you've earned after decades of performing, they they give you a standing ovation when you walk out. You go, I'm not interested in wait, it. Wait I, for it's it to not, end. <laughs> no, well, this this does connect back to the earlier conversation right. of. I think success, true success, is based on what are you focused on? And I'm not that focused on the result. Right. I like that the, I got a good result, but my real focus is how did I get there? Right. What did I do right tonight? You know. Well, Zuckerman, you were right to stay on topic. More directly, what did you buy? Okay. Stupid or not, what did you get? Tell us about it. I bought... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty cool. Well, you know, already know, but I'll tell, Beta, the, tell the fans. Don't know. The listeners don't know. Uh, Ferry Porsche in 1961 um, had a 356 Carrera, and he was driving it a little bit. It was a one of one kind of steel blue cabriolet. And then they came out with this idea. They go, let's go to two liters with the four cam, which they did. And they built the first one, and they put it in his car. It's 0001, wow. the first two-liter four cam. And he drove that car for four years, and his name's on the title. I don't know if his name's on the... And his name is also on the title of the first 911, which I also have. But this was a car that he drove for four years, which is a long time... For him, yeah. For a guy who's, you know, probably... His new car's coming out every week. I'll take that one this week. I'll take another one next week. So this was really his car that he had for a long time and drove a lot. And uh, I acquired it from uh, my good friend uh, Peter Hoffman in Germany. Uh, he's had it since 98 and wow. he finally decided to part with it. It's gorgeous. You pried it out of him. Yeah. We, we had a nice relationship and we made an, uh, an arrangement. And uh, the idea that this is really his car, the guy who built this entire culture... 
of uh, automotive experience, it's just for me, is a really big deal. I'm really excited about it. I think sliding into that seat knowing this is his car, you know, yeah. this is the guy. Yeah. <laughs> this is a pinnacle moment. And Look at me. <laughs> yeah. I'm JFK. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ferry Porsche. Yeah. Now I'm Ferry Porsche. We'll get you a little bullhorn. Yeah. You can yell that while you drive it. Look at me. <laughs> Tell that story. I love that story. I don't even know the story. The story is they were auctioning off JFK's <laughs> right. rocking chair. Yes. And somebody Bought. was trying to buy for some uh, tremendous And I was making fun of them. Yeah, for think, what? To do what? <laughs> this? You think you're JFK now? <laughs> He's going to sit on his front porch with a bullhorn and go, look at me. I'm JFK. And then I wrote that into the Dana Carvey show. We did, oh, really? we did that. Yeah, we did that. I think Bill Cott was the guy who bought it. And he pulled up the bullhorn and he said, look at me. I'm JFK. I th and Dana was the auctioneer, as I recall. He was, he, was, he was going, who's the highest bidder? And the number would go up, and each time it would go up, he'd make fun of the bidder. They go, $10,000. Yes, look at me. I want to be JFK. I'm desperate for his stuff. <laughs> that was a good one. That's, it's always good to have a show like that where you can just get rid of your rage and yeah. culture and give it to someone to make mm -hmm. fun of. Is that the only thing you bought? No. <laughs> Let it That's, out. But by the way, that color paint is fantastic. I haven't, I haven't seen it before. It's a darker version of Gemini blue metallic, right? Yeah, it's kind of a steel blue metallic. It's a pretty. It's one of two great blues I've seen in the last two weeks. The other car was the one we saw yesterday. Roof's car. His uh, what was that? Is is a nine eleven? Sixty-four nine eleven. Yeah, that's the number six nine zero one. Is, yeah. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, yeah, and What yeah. was the color blue? Real blue? Or? Yeah, it had some name we hadn't heard before. Is enamel blue? Yeah, enamel it? blue. Yeah. And it was in Sports Car Market. Right. Or the other Porsche magazine. Christoph Christophorus. Christophorus. That car, those, these two cars are beautiful, and these two blues are incredible. Yeah, yeah. I wonder Now, also, the car got damaged by uh, somebody work moving it around at the factory when they were putting the engine in. And so they put the very first 356C front end on it. So the back of the car is a 356B, and the front of the car is a 356C, the first 356C. This is nuts. Yeah. It's a one-of-a-kind. Yeah, one-of-a-kind. One-of-a-kind. Well, this I, is huge. Yeah. When is it, this is when, the, when the first time that that situation has been a positive. Yeah, yeah that's negative. right. I've like, had that situation. Like an, yes. like an Oratium green car I know about. Or yeah. My, remember my about, Look it up on the internet. Or. Jerry and the Oratium green speedster. <laughs> just look it up. I'm not saying anything negative. I'm just saying, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, when do you get the car? Um... I'd probably be a couple of weeks. I'm going to fly it over. It'll be two, three weeks, something wow. like that. And are you going to bring it here? Yeah, I'm going to bring it here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Wow. That's exciting. It still had the little, you know, the first Carrera script was little, like on your 59. Right. So it still has that before they went to the bigger right. Carrera letters. Yeah, I'm super excited. Wow. Big piece. And yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. Number two. And number two. Uh, in 1957, Hushka von Hanstein, who ran the racing oh, team and the right. PR team, bought a silver-black uh, GT Speedster. And he used it to train the factory drivers to race the, the cars. And that car survived. I don't think it has its original engine. Um, but uh, he also had that car, and uh, we... Uh, 
we were also able to acquire that. <laughs> that car is beautiful. Yeah. The seat yeah. inserts. What do they call that? The like the hay like color. Brown corduroy, light brown hay, corduroy. Yeah, light yeah. hay colored corduroy. Wow. Yeah. And wow. light wood steering wheel. Mm-hmm. It's the, one of the most beautiful interiors. These are two I've seen. benchmark cars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're great. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, for me, when you think of the history of the company, there was the engineers, but out front of the company, it was really Ferry and Von Hanstein really selling this product to the public. Von Hanstein. And yours, you have, Zuckerman, the silver blue that makes me crazy. Yes. Silver exterior and blue interior. Yes. And blue, blue dash. And blue oh, quarter. the dash on your car That's is gonna crazy. That's going to be deadly. And the radio and the steering wheel. Yeah. yeah. But you guys ivory. can look this up. 5511. Uh, you can look up exactly wow. what we're talking about and see wow. it. Wow. Some great cars. Yeah. This is going to be, I have to learn to drive a non-synchronized gearbox. What does that mean? Double clutching? and I don't, Jerry, you know. There's nothing to it. It's fun. You just got to get over that little crunch sound. <laughs> that these gears are d- designed to be crunched. It doesn't, that nothing bad's going to happen. Can Downshifting, you-, you have to double clutch downshift, and, you know, try and rev match for a smooth. And upshifting, I let the revs drop and then it just goes right in. Instead of going quickly, you know, and on the upshift, you just kind of, you know, pause a little bit mid shift, let the revs come down and then it goes right in. But it's fun. It's, uh, you know, it's, they're so strong, those gearboxes. Right. Wow. Crash box. Yeah. So this this will be an adventure. And they're all in our orbit. What it, what was he calling it? As long as it's in the... Uh... Oh, it's it's in the pot. It's in the it's, pot. It's in the pot. <laughs> so I feel like I own these cars because yeah. they're yeah. in the it's pot. It's in the pot. And but everyone should know that there's no, that the pot is his. <laughs> that's a, that's a, when he says it's in the pot, he owns the pot. All right. We let's, have a little spoon. Let's do another ad and then we're going to do your questions. Oh, I love the questions. All right. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. And as you know, I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted increased energy on the tennis court. And I I need to take my vitamins. I don't want to hear it from my doctor anymore in the yearly physical. I want him to go, you're okay. And guess what? AG1 does that for me. I take it in the morning. I take it before I work out. I take it before I go to bed. I'm always taking it. And look at me. I'm the picture of health because I like life hacks. And what I've come to love and trust is AG1 by Athletic Greens. Their all-in-one formula makes it easy for me to cover my nutritional bases every day. Every scoop, every single one, has 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support. Have you noticed the better moods, the boosted energy, and even looking better? I'm clipping my nails every few hours. My hair won't stop growing. Why do I have hair at my age? I think AG1. I think that's why. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash spike911. That's athleticgreens.com slash spike911. And check it out. One-year supply free of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And we are back there are 200 questions do you so. have a little song that you can play for the introduce the question segment <laughs> what like jeopardy <laughs> yeah it was, I don't, but it's something else you need a little song uh sure i'll find something right now how about how about this <laughs>
That's pretty good. You like that? I can't hear you. I'm going to put it in later. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I like I'm that. just imagining good. good music that yeah. I found. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do some Dating questions. game, maybe? I like that. <laughs> we like the dating game theme. When da -da, uh, da -da, da -da. Is that? Uh, with Jim Lang, when the... Uh, uh, dun da 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 I don't think that was a dating game. All right, here we go. Uh, do you think uh, Zuckerman could ever convert uh, the two of us to BMWs? Do you think Zuckerman... Yeah. I think he definitely could, for sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His passion for the BMWs has already contaminated me. Please. I also like them. I've tracked them before, and I like them. I've, I've, I've enjoyed them on the track. Please go over... To the garage, and please take the red E34. Don't you think that might be too advanced for me? Shouldn't I start? No. 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 I think it's the one, I think you need to be, you, you need to be snatched by it, and that's the one to <laughs> snatch you. How come you don't, let me ask you this question, Mr. BM. How come you don't have a Fantastic 2002? Yeah. Or 1600-2, yeah. which is even cooler. I haven't gotten there yet. That, that to me, is the BMW. That I was so obsessed with that car in Me 1968. I walked. I used to. I I cut the ads out of Road and Track and Car and Driver, put them in a book uh, cover pamphlet, and carried it around. I love those ads. Why would you need a car that can cruise at 100 miles an hour all day with the speed limit 55 sign? There you go. <clears throat> Remember those ads? Yeah, they were really, really um, so. Uh, Graphically simple and powerful. I don't know. It just hit me, those ads. It's going to get there one day. One day, something's going to Why, have you not seen the right one? I've never seen the right one. There's something... The, the problem is most of those cars have lived exceedingly well-lived lives. Uh -huh. So so well-lived that, that they're kind of... A lot of them are trash. And I have never seen one that that I, that just... I had to have it. Uh-huh. I had so I'm waiting for that moment. And right. there's gonna be that moment. There, right. there's tons of them. And that's the car that the the, the no, I'll pronounce it new class, but it was the Neuer class. Right. That's the class of cars that saved BMW from bankruptcy. So what in that range, the, the new class which was that with a fifteen hundred, I think? It started with the fifteen hundred. And then there was a sixteen hundred, which I really love. And then the two thousand two, and then the two thousand two TI, TII. And of turbo. those, which attracts your interest the most? Some, in many ways, the first one. Right. <clears throat> because it is so simple. Yeah. It is. It is so, in a way, tentative. Like you, know, we yes. don't have enough money. We're going to put this shy little creature out there yeah. and see, uh, and hopefully somebody buys it. Right. right? So that's what I like about those first ones. In, in, uh, you done? Yeah. All right. Instagram cards. I just read a book called Small Wonder that I picked up at a flea market. It was the complete origin story of VW and Porsche. Yeah, I've read it. He says, uh, fascinating. Would, would you and Jerry ever consider making a movie about the origin of Porsche? <laughs> sure. We're making the deal right now. <laughs> no, just the no. Pop-Tart. <laughs> but Porsche is not funny, right? The origin story of Porsche is not funny. It's not funny. Well, it could be. If we made it funny, that could be funny. If Mel Brooks made it, <laughs> yeah. I think he would go at a different part of that early history. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, official. Chris Stevens wants to know, it's 1991. You're working comedy clubs in New York. What do you drive and what do you eat? I think it's you, hypothetical. You don't drive in New York, <laughs> number one. 
And if you work in comedy clubs, just eat whatever they have there. Um, what is your theory about uh, your kids and cars? I guess this is for both of you. Your your kids drive, but when it comes to cars for your kids, I just asked you this the other day. Yeah, because Jack is about to you know turn sixteen. I mean, I I wish my I, my youngest guy is kind of interested. The gene is is either in the DNA or it isn't. Look you can't pl- you can't implant it. But it is. Here's what I think he's asking. It's what I was asking you. Uh, as we're all car people who are passionate about cars. But when it comes to the kid car who is or is not passionate about cars, yeah. how do you approach that problem? Because I get caught up in thinking, well, now I get to get something new for my driveway right. that he can then drive. But that might not be the right That's way. how I handled it. You know that. Yeah. With, with Kate, I got her a regular car. She got a little VW or something. But the Dell was into cars. He, he wanted cars. And I exercised some type of... of Retro, psychological retribution for right. what I was I didn't have as a kid so right. I gave him way too much and was quite pleased about it I approach it uh, safety first and also the assumption that the first two years they're going to smash this thing up <laughs> they'll ding it up but they may not smash it the, the, the main thing you have to teach your kids is that these things are not all the same they look they may look the same they are not the same Cars are different. This is the thing. The general public has no concept of this. No. They think most cars are most cars are the same. But the fun of cars, why would you overlook the enjoyment of understanding these things are different? Mm-hmm. You must investigate these things. Drive them. See what they're like. See what you like about them. You know, <clears throat> I get the Land Rover Defender. My, my middle guy, he loves, he has a Defender 90. He loves it. Yeah. But it's not a driving experience, really. It's just a cool car. It's fun. It's well designed. It's a it's um, it's a great product. Right. It's not really a driving experience, which you may not care about. But you should know that there is such a thing. I do like getting into mine. I do enjoy driving. Yeah, it's a it's a great it's car. It's a it's it's a kind of guy four by four experience. Yes, it is. It's a, it's a nice pair of boots. Tyler Bendis. What has Porsche done differently than other brands to make you guys love them so much? What have they done differently? Well, well, we already discussed it. That's right. Stay true to stick to your knitting. Stick to your <laughs> knitting. <laughs> what What do I do that people like that works? Don't forget your roots. Don't forget your basic philosophy. And it gets harder and harder to do with all the regulations and the fuel and all that but um porsche what porsche does is they pursue a feeling an experience when you get out of that car i drove up here tonight in a 991 gt2 rs Mm. and i got out of it and these two guys looked at me and they knew what i had just experienced and i knew it and it's like i just had uh, a ride i just went on a ride that completely absorbed my brain. Was, I called you two great. weeks ago, remember? I was yeah. in Zuckerman's GT2 RS, and I said, I had forgotten about this. Yeah. This is one of the greatest cars yes. that Porsche has ever made. It is. And I'm having a moment. Yeah. On the 10, on a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, it's an incredible car. Are they still uh, expensive, or have they cooled off? No, they've heated up a little bit. They've heated up a little bit. 
a lot of GT3s. I mean, I haven't been reading Sports Car Market. I read it in Vegas, and I was surprised the GTs, the 2011 GT, that, uh, what is that blue, that, that there were 43 of them? Or Aqua 40, Blue. Aqua yeah, Blue. The 3.8. That went for almost half a million dollars. Wow. Right, but it had 200 miles on it. Three, that was a weird 347. Quote. Sam wants to know, is the 73911 2.7 RS an evolution of the 70911 ST? Of course. Right. They get better and better every year. Stupid question. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Stupid Sam. Remember, if you, did, Sam if you did submit a question, I hope you signed the waiver that says Jerry Seinfeld may make fun of you. Uh, uh, Pirelli.p, uh, could you give us a short ownership report on the 67 Aga Blue 912? Mm. Oh, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, kids. Um <laughs> I bought a lot of cars over the years, and I've gotten a few cars off of Bring a Trailer. They've all been great, but that car so far exceeded, it was so far beyond what it was advertised to be. I would, I would have to say um, it's in the top five greatest, uh, better than I thought it was going to be, one of the greatest collecting finds of my 30-year uh obsession with doing that i mean the car was so stunningly preserved so unusual in its spec and um just such a cool lovely car uh, i mean it, it knocked me out i could not believe wow. uh, how great it was i liked what you were saying the other day about uh keith martin's sports car market and randy nonenberg bring a trailer yeah that was probably the two most significant contributions to our car thing. Yeah, obviously forward. the internet drove the whole thing. But if you had to pick out two other kind of catalysts, it, it was Keith Martin and, and Nonnenberg really giving us a place to go where like-minded people were, were doing what we were doing. And it just kind of, it, it poured gasoline on the whole yeah, thing of, I think I'm on to something interesting yes, here. It, yes. And they, they confirmed, yes, it is interesting and you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just the writing in sports car market and, and keeping it makes you crazy. Yeah. It makes you crazy. Yeah, it's not stupid. And then you go to bring a trailer. Yeah. And then you read about bring a trailer in sports car market. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it feeds. And then you're spinning. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna know, um, you know I'm doing this Le Mans documentary. Yes. What what are what are the significant uh, road going Porsches that came out of Le Mans wins mm. for you? Like when you think about the 917 or or uh, the 919 leads to the 918 and the nine the uh, 959 in '86. No. Which are, which are, which of those cars do you really love and why? Oh. Well, I thought you want to know which are most significant. I to mean, you. What I mean. Well, why don't you just tell us about? I would. Yeah. I, I mean, off the top of my head, the most significant would be the '74 Turbo, because turbos were kind of a new idea. Would this work? Is, is it practical? To, you know, and they they put that race car out there in '74. The I think it was the first turbo race car. And uh, it destroyed in, in uh, 74 and 75. So then you have the 935, which led to, even today, you know, these turbos. It was the beginning of the turbo. Right. We're so right they there. developed it as a race technology, and it changed everything about streetcars. The other thing is the mid-engine. Uh, this Road Rat, i got to mention the Road Rat magazine. This magazine is such a, 
piece of quality. Talking about quality, God, this guy. This it's amazing what people are putting in the car magazines now. They still really, they 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 make them these little art books, but. This issue this month with um, Enzo Ferrari on the cover about that moment at Indy. It was 1963 right. when Jim Clark shows up with this mid-engine car and everybody else has got this front-engine car. And it's like the whole world just changes and they realize, oh, we got to move the engine. So that's what's cool about racing. Is what, the, is, what is it? Well, tell, tell everyone what it's like to drive a 917. Oh. Driving a 917 is a... Um, uh, it's scary, and it's uh, it's it's. I hate when people do this, but I have to do it. It's very sexy. The 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 uh, front fenders, the way they kind of flow down into the um, uh, the nose of the car, and how forward the windshield is, and how you're lying down, you just feel like you've been put in a missile. And it's, but still has a gracefulness to it. I, I always say this. I said this about the uh, the Mura on uh, comedians and cars. Incredibly masculine and incredibly feminine at the same time. And the 917 has that too. There's a femininity to some of those lines, but there's also a masculinity to how it feels and how it goes. And and so that car has that thing that yeah. that shape. It's so big and so small. Right. You know, when you stand in front of it, it, it just comes up to your shins, you know, <laughs> but that it's so long and it's so wide. And uh, and of course, how it sounds. And but and the craziest thing about it, easy to drive. Right. Easy to drive. Just a five speed gearbox. Put it in first. Let out the clutch. Off you go. It's like the 918. Yeah. Yeah. Porsche. It's Porsche. easier than a 918. The 918, though, has you could almost describe that the same way. Yeah, the same yeah, way. Yeah, right. The 918 has the most similar frontal aspect, the look, the view down the hood, as the 917. Very similar. Well, you have them all. Uh, here's a great question from Audette Motorcycles: Has any car advertisement ever worked on you guys? If so, where did you see it, and what sold you on it? Well, a car ad. A no, car you're really, ad. You're really big on this, Jerry. Really you big. Really, you you should talk about this. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Well, he's... I know. Go ahead. I love good car advertising. Well, we already mentioned the BMW. Those BMW ads of the mid-60s made me insane. Um, it just felt like they were... They understood what I wanted. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, obviously, all the VW stuff. When v, VW was the first one to bring humor to it and humility no one had ever uh, made fun of themselves before nobody i mean maybe uh, you know alka-seltzer uh, somewhat uh, or uh, there were funny ads but vw was the first and do you know who introduced um um carl hahn to uh, uh bill bernbach of doyle dane and bernbach uh, at a dinner one night in Manhattan was Richard Avedon. Really? He said to Carl uh, Hahn, there's a guy I want you to meet, this Jewish guy from Brooklyn. And Small Wonder is a great book, but there's a way better book by Andrea Hyout about VW called, um, the name is escaping me at this second, but um, 
She writes about how they met and how difficult it was for these Jews to go to Germany. They wanted, VW wanted them to come and see how we're building the cars, but they didn't want to go for obvious reasons to Germany, <laughs> you know, uh, 19 years after, or not even, what's a, when did they start? Maybe like 62 or three, so 17 years from the Holocaust. We don't really want to go. And there was big fights about it at the Doyle Dane and Bernbeck. And they, and Bernbach, the Jew from Brooklyn, forced them to go. And when they saw the, the effort that was being made to build these cars um, with such, quali- such concern for quality, that's when they uh, got the idea to, uh, to, to sell the humility of it, that there was a humility about this car. It's amazing. It's, kind of, it's such an amazing story. It really that, is. That the Jews figured out how to, how to make VW this massive success. Invented, you know, created and promoted by Hitler, invented by Porsche, and, the, and these Jews from Brooklyn figure out how to sell it for them. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. But that advertising, that's the greatest advertising of all yeah. time. But I, I, yeah. I loved American car advertising in the 60s, the Dodge stuff, you know, the... Those crazy cartoons on the side, you know, the the B, whatever it was, yep. all that Mopar stuff was great. I don't know about now. Now I think it's all Instagram or YouTube. Yeah. Like I think about a few weeks ago, that little clip of Pat Long with the new 3RS coming out of a turn and sliding it perfectly or a Chris Harris right. GT3 slide. That gets me. Gets me. I just see that and I'm like, I got, I got to get that car. I but love, there's no good car advertising. No, I love BMW was the ultimate driving machine. Greatest slogan. Those three words. That was good. Yeah, that was good. So good. Yeah. yeah. Why would they ever stop using it? But they did. They did? Oh, yeah. They discontinued like 10 plus years ago. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. No one uses print anymore. Anymore. Yeah, uh, Jerry, do you nickname your cars? No, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> what do you think about people that do? Do whatever you want. <laughs> that's good. There you go. More, tons of questions, and I know how we're going to answer this. But what do you guys think of Singer 911s? Scott Dixon, very excited. He's about to take delivery on a Singer 911. He's excited. You got to admit the design work on that turbo concept, beautiful. Agree. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Really nicely done. And there's so much of that stuff out there. Uh, it's I think for us, we're just not exposed to it a lot. I mean, we uh, yes, I've driven true. them once in Amelia Island years ago. We we you know we do, we're just not close to the singer guys. We have nothing against them, but they just you know they're just not part of our little world. Yeah, but we like them. You know. Yeah, they're cool if if that's what you want. But I'm just into the story. I wanna I wanna. I want to know what was it like in '71. What was it like in '59? I want to, you know, I can go fast if I. If you want to go fast, buy something new. Here's uh, a question from M. Whitting, 24. Yeah, M. Whitting. <laughs> That's not Miss Whitting. That's <laughs> oh, Miss Whitting, Whittick, Miss Whittick. Okay, wrong name. Um, again for Jerry. What was the one wildest car hunt story you had? The most challenging one to track down and then buy. Good question. I have one. I remember one. It Go was ahead. the Otis Chandler 73RS. Took a good uh, 73S, silver right. black. Uh, it was owned by Bata Mataha. Is that the guy? Yeah, Bata Mataha. And I worked him for a good three or four years. <laughs> really? Yeah, to get that car. Well, the Andy Bellin deal oh. on the Contessa that, that Spike spotted down the block from his house. <laughs> 
a derelict 1959 Carrera GT. Wow. Yeah. And, and, sitting outside. Uh, sitting outside. With Millie Migley, a key, key, to key fob in there. Yeah. A smoking side screen. Yeah, and a broken that took side years screen. to get that car. But Did that take years? It took a few months. No, no maybe no, a no. year. It took years. He wanted, yeah. he wanted to get it restored and yeah. uh, through a movie studio. You just drove that the other day. That car is gorgeous. Yeah, oh, it's incredible. Has he seen it in its finished form? I don't think so. Well, if you know Andy, reach out. We'll send you a picture. You got to see when it. When Reinhold Yost, uh, it was uh, Mark... Um, Mark Leonard. Mark Leonard told me he was talking to Reinhold Yost and uh, mentioned to him, would you ever consider selling your 1970 Targa Florio winning 9083? Oh, yeah. And he said, yeah, maybe. And he called Sam. Sam called me. I said, uh, book the flight. And we, I just went straight to his house in Germany. And I, I knew this was a special opportunity. And, it's uh, that is a car. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Zuckerberg? 1980, place second at Le Mans. Yeah, that I car is that unbelievable. By the way, that is an amazing car to drive. Yeah. That have you car, driven it? The 9083? Yeah. I have. Yeah. On the track. I've yeah. seen you. Yeah. I, I felt like a hood ornament. ornament. Yeah. I was just That's sticking you out. It's so easy to drive. Yeah. It's so much fun. Totally relaxing. Yeah. I drove the nine excuse me, the nine seventeen and I all I was just worried about shifting it incorrectly, downshifting and blowing the engine. Yeah. Like that Piper car. Yeah. And he made the reporter pay for it. That's what I thought. <laughs> I d I don't want to be that. I don't want to have to pay four million for it. But the nine oh eight three couldn't be easier to drive. The greatest experience behind the wheel of a car I've ever had. Yeah. Nine oh eight three You've, the car disappears, and yeah. you're, it's just you and the tarmac in front of you, and you're just flying. It's lovely. Wow. It's really Love your something. head sticking out. Yeah, just your All head. All right, Zuckerman, tell us. who, who yeah, What got, were you chasing? I've got that 89 Turbo from the original owner. Remember, it's oh, the yeah. linen metallic one that got parked in 1991 in a storage unit, and the guy didn't want to sell it. He wanted to trade it for um, a 430 Ferrari. That's all he wanted. So and I, he did not want to go out he, he and didn't, find his own. He, he wanted you to get one yeah, for him and bring then bring it, it over. Bring it to him. So we delivered him <laughs> a Ferrari. I bought it. I bought it out of pocket, not knowing what would happen. We trucked it over <laughs> and, and we trucked out the 89 plus that uh, Fox-bodied uh, Shelby uh, Mustang. Right, right. I knew there was a Mustang yeah, in this story. Yeah, there was story. a Mustang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. All I can say is plant that seed in a uh, in a car owner's uh, head, and it eventually it will sprout, and you will get that car. Eventually. Hey, Holy Grail Garage! I saw that 1950 VW convertible, all original, that you posted the other day. How do I get that car? <laughs> this was something you saw on Instagram. I it saw was it who? on Instagram. Holy Grail Garage. If you're out there, DM me. I want that car. Will you answer a DM? You won't answer a DM. Sure, I do. Do you really? Yeah. You, you talk well, to, if it's from somebody I recognize, it's a it's a car you want. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I sent oh, it to you, right? Yes, yeah, so you said, "How do I get this car?" And I say, "Call the guy." Plant the seed. You know that. Yeah. yeah. There's one thing we know for sure. It doesn't matter who owns anything. You can buy it. Said <laughs> <laughs> so the rich the guy. <laughs> no, it's not. They eventually, people get tired of driving things, it's or true. they or they perish. They die. That's right. The but lightning strike. Everyone's always got their eye on something else. Yes. And they need to generate the dough to get it. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're like, take my wife. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I've got a new one. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I knew this would happen. Butcher wants to know Jerry's opinion on the new Morgan Super 3. And uh, am I crazy for wanting to trade my 992 for it? Well, yeah, that's crazy, but uh, <laughs> the Morgan Super 3 looks like a beautiful, it's beautiful. I love Morgan. Morgan is, uh, is such a wonderful company. Like, you don't have to care if the car's good or not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Morgan. I love this <laughs> you, don't, you don't care if it's good. I don't oh, care if it works. Just get it. See, yeah. there's your next car ad for Morgan. Yeah. Right there. You don't have to care if it's good or not. Just buy it. Jay Leno said to me, it, just think of it as a sculpture, and if you wanted to, it could move. <laughs> Um, my wife and I are going to see Jerry Seinfeld's show at Foxwoods in July. <laughs> By the way, lots of folks I met at the Long Beach Grand Prix who know that I know you said you sell out immediately in your shows. That's nice. They were saying, how do you get tickets? And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, they're saying, how can I get you to give me free right. tickets? I, I don't do that. I don't do that. Don't no, DM don't me do and that. ask me. Yeah. Um, but I am going to this it's show. so insulting. I really want to see your show, but I wouldn't pay anything for it. <laughs> no, they this these, these folks, I said, they, they, they go <laughs> to buy it, but the tickets are gone so fast. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's nice Which, to hear. I didn't there's know a that. nice compliment for yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, also means you could extract more money out of this country. Yes, 5000 yes. per ticket. <laughs> Cut to a Nazi globe picture. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is there an ideal Gloss car in the- to drive to see you at Foxwoods or anywhere else where you're playing? <laughs> what would be the ideal car? You're never going to see. Uh, uh, what does that mean? I don't, I don't know. What are you I talking no about? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Hmm. Nope, not going to do that. Um, nope, nope, nope. Uh, I like this question. Um, if you guys did not have the ability to buy uh, normal speedsters, what speedster replica would you buy? Oh, is there any speedster replica you would buy? Would you jump in? I don't know, really know the brands of those. There's a Chessel they used to make. Intermechanica yeah. used to make one. There was a uh, Beck. I don't know if they made speedsters, made but yes. what was that one uh, by at Malibu Kitchen, Malibu Country Mart? Remember there was a little store that were there were doing. Yeah, that. yeah. Remember that? They're not there anymore. No. They're what was the name of that one? Uh, you're gonna hate this. <laughs> 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 Buy it, and everybody's gonna say, "Is that real?" Yeah. No, I don't. I get don't yourself know. a VW. Get, get a Beetle. Yeah. Get, get a, a Beetle. Soup it up. Get a Miata. Soup yeah, it yeah. up. Do get something. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get something real. Get yeah. something real and authentic, and enjoy that. Don't be a phony. Yeah, don't do that. Or get a golf cart. Get a dune buggy. Get a dune buggy. Yeah. Why not? Um, no, I don't want to do that. Any updates on the acid green Porsche guy who is blocking people to hiking trail? Yeah, he cease and desisted. He's done. <laughs> I don't know whether it was the show or I, I sicked uh, SoCal gas on him to take all his cones away. But that has since stopped. And we never heard who it was, and nor do we want to know who it is. But yeah, we it, do. We, well, no, I, I, I do. have no resentments towards this person. I do. He's got a lovely car. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Zuckerman, what's your favorite song to speed and knife through traffic with? That's oh. from Unloved 9-11. There are times, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a confession here. There are times I am driving so fast, and I hear the original... Mission Impossible song <laughs> in my head, and 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 that sometimes. Uh, I think the redo of that track was even better. You think? Oh, I love the redo. The first 
Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. I don't know how many they've made now, but I really like it. was more techno. Yeah. And I thought it was great. There are so many great songs, but but there are times. <laughs> that is a good one, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And well, how about uh, um, Born to be Wild? I don't know how you could keep off yeah. the gas on during That's Born to be Wild. <laughs> <laughs> we could really use some traffic cops in this city. We really could. It's God. getting out of control here in LA. You, know, you think back, when's the last time I saw one? Yeah, I know. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Yep. Yes, it Where is. Where are we? I don't know. But everybody has collectively realized that there will be no consequences for anything. So do whatever you want. Yeah. It's happening. I saw a guy in a Nissan on the 10 as I was coming over here just flying down that, that shoulder on no the right. Yeah. <laughs> on the shoulder? Oh, like 80? Yeah. 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 On the shoulder? Yeah. There's always a race going on. Um, What's the highest mileage car you guys own? That's a good question. That's a good question. So I bought... Grant Larson's 67 911S. Yes. Which has, I think, a 2.7 motor in it. <laughs> and he told me to call the guy in Wisconsin that in Wisconsin, when he was younger, there was a hot rod shop, and they all thought the two liter uh, early 911s were, were low on torque. So they were boring them out. So uh, he had, that's where Grant got the car. He's from Wisconsin. I got the car. He says, call this guy. He'll tell you a little bit about it. I know the a lot of the body panels have been replaced. The interior is original. And uh, so I call the guy in Wisconsin, and I say, what about the mileage uh, on that car? What has it, has it been rolled over? He says, many times. <laughs> <laughs> but this thing is tight. It is not a squeak, a rattle. You have no idea. And I love it. I love the car. It's just a beater, 67S. And I love that it's been hot rodded and just been driven to death, and it's still great. It's the still one great. rule. The one rule there is what you know what my highest mileage car is. What our car, the seventy three RS, where it's we are approaching a hundred thousand miles. No way. Right? Yes, on the wow. Tangerine RS. Is that possible? Yes, and we're going to have to. What have was a, the mileage when I sold it to you? I can't tell. But I, I had I'm rebuilt sure. the engine at that point anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, but I think I rebuilt I, it too. Right. No, you didn't. You did not. You didn't. It was smoking like crazy. You oral took tore down and rebuilt it when I had. Yeah, but it would have had to been rebuilt every hundred miles. Everything was racing. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was set up for racing. It was. It was a two point eight. Yeah, it was. Had really crazy cams. It was. You know, people used to yell at me in that car because of all the smoke. Junk that thing. (laughs) Smog it. Junk it. (laughs) Old lady yelling at me in Hollywood. Like, no, it's beautiful. But what? So seriously, I don't yes. remember that car really being a high yes. mileage car. It's, but it it's is. kilometers. No, it's miles on it. That car was always sure? no. US that's car. kilometers. That's no, kilometers. no, no, no. I'll tell you. I'm telling you. That car was that car was one of three that came to the U.S. originally. Really? What do you and, mean one of three? Because remember, you weren't allowed to have it here. Right. You but Porsche at that point would sell it to you if you were a known customer and you signed some sort of pledge that you were not going to register it. But this is pre triple Z VIN codes that would alert the DMV to the fact it's a it's a uh, it's a factory special. Right. The car went to Arizona, and the guy walked it through the DMV and got it registered uh, down there. Yeah. Yeah, so what a great story. So there's there's it's a, a mile odometer, and it's closing in. Maybe I've put ten thousand tops. I put ten thousand. Yeah, tops. 
Here's yeah. my question. I have a question. Okay. Um, for you guys, why is it when you first hear about a car, your first question is, "Tell me the story." Why do we always want to know That's the story? That's a very important thing to the car. This is the first thing you're going to be telling the next guy. <laughs> uh, you got to like that story. You got to like be, the story. It's got to be a good story, or there's no nothing. Yeah. If the guy says we don't know anything about it's it, it's over. It's cold water, right? It's no, over. No soul. Yeah, but right. That's part right. of the advertising of what makes this car special. You want to know why your car is special right off right, the bat. Right, right. What is it about it? Right. You're about to do me a favor. Tell me why. <laughs> Tell me everything because this is the shit I'm bragging about at the next car's. Now, let me ask you this question Do you care if they're lying? <laughs> no. No. I is, it, is it a provable lie? <laughs> we pay for the lies depending on who we're talking to. Yeah, right. Some of the salesmen are so. Good yeah. at, at spinning a yarn. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if it's true or not. I just want to listen. Yeah, give me some entertainment. Yeah. 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 It's gotta be a good story. It's gotta be a good story. Yeah. Or don't go near it. You know what? This to- uh your um um seventy one S that you're uh trailing now. Yes. That seems like a very good story. It's a very the good. penmanship on those documents. Yes. Well that's it. Any guy that writes like that, yeah, that so carefully, yes, we yeah. want his car. Yeah, we don't want to live with him. No. We don't want to know him, but no. we want the car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had nice car. What is the state of that uh, pursuit? It's uh, I, I'm subject to a PPI on Long oh, Island. Really? And then we're going to get it done. Wow. And I'm trying to invite this gentleman over here, but he's <laughs> but he's uh, wow, like the penguin. I've got, we've got so many cars coming in, Suckerman. You don't need it. I know. We do. I know. I do need it. I would be happy to do it. But we've, but got, we'll a, we've got the 4RS coming any any minute. The 3RS coming yes, on the hills there. You sold your Conda Green 70S. This is the car that could fill that slot so nicely. I think we should try to track down the Conda Green car. Why don't we do so this? The, you know, the Ingrams sold that car. They know who they sold that to. They know who has it right now. We could make this easy, Ferris, and I could explain how. How's that? Well, we'll talk after the show, All but right, I've got ideas. Enough. All right. I like that. But I don't know if I can go back. I don't know if I can go back to high school. What What do you want right now, Spike, of, of a vintage uh, in the vintage world? What What are you hankering for? <clears throat> An old Mercedes, I think. Really? Yeah. A 280? Yeah. Uh, no, not a 280. Uh, something from '89. What what are we oh, making there? Oh, those are the, the R107s. The, the 456s. Really? Five sixty. Five sixties. Really? I'd be interested in something with a nice soft blue. Or I, I'm thinking only about tennis car. Right. Like and the, the guy I will car. never be, but I could put the polo on and flip up the the, the collars. Really? And pretend to be that guy. Yeah. You could get out of that car. Absolutely. Yes. And go that. Yeah, that's my car. Yeah, and I could sweat in it, and I could. Uh, it, it's the same thing of tennis. Yeah. You look ridiculous when you dress up and go to play <laughs> tennis. <laughs> You're carrying that stupid little racket and the headband and the wristbands, but I love it. I'm not going to be here that much longer. Right. I want a tennis convertible. I want a dumb tennis uh, convertible. That's a shame. That Mark Leonard had that 380 with like 10,000 miles on it. The white one white with the with new blue. wavy blue interior. Uh, yeah, that's pretty I good. I missed that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you keep busy too like me. You I look try. at everything. I try. Um, and, and this is, I think, because we were just watching that. Um, How do you... Here's a question I have for you, ahead, Paul. How do you... Um, a portion your work 
car shit day. How do you do it? You have a lot of work to do, and you do a tremendous amount of work every day. But you also do a tremendous amount of cars investigation every day. How do you break it up? There just comes a certain point in the morning towards getting a little towards lunchtime that I just need a quick little break and I'll go and I'll scan a few different sites. But you and get on the phone with guys. You call, you have a whole network of people you talk to on the phone. You always say, I was talking to this guy you call Canapa. They're calling him. They call point. me a lot of the times, but those those calls occur you, before work, usually early in the morning. Uh -huh. And if they if they happen to call me, I'm taking the call. <laughs> Do you think I want to get... They, this is such a welcome distraction <laughs> right. from all the other bullshit. They got priority over anyone. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But what I'm wondering is, do you put work down and take a car call, or do you get your car stuff done in one chunk, and then the rest no, of the day no, is no. work? No, no, no. It's just when it happens. And yeah, it's just a break. I got to take a break. He's so. like an agent. He's yeah. flying through phone calls. It's like, boom, boom, car, <laughs> leg sawed off. Boom, bus ran over a kid. Uh, new Mercedes. Uh, hey, guess what yeah. we're getting? It's, yeah, it's It's all a blur. It's a blur. It's a blur. It's a blur. <laughs> Which is an advantage to the salesman. Um, Vandura wants to know, and I was trying to ask you this too, especially based on Air, which is the story of the Air Jordan. And, and we saw the amount of money that that was generating, mailbox money. What did they call it? Passive income. Passive income. I don't understand the passivity. $400 million goes into Michael Jordan's mailbox uh, every year. Wow. Without doing anything. Wow. Just because of this Jordan line. Uh, by the way, he never did anything. <laughs> All he did is tie the laces. So. <laughs> The shoe That's was not nothing passive. until it, he put his foot until in it. Until someone puts their foot in it. Yes. Or this profound their, line. Your ass is nothing until someone puts their foot in it. <laughs> but the Nike shock. <laughs> Stepping into these panties. Oh, boy. That's a good line. Um, <laughs> does Nike keep... This is what I, I... I still... I'm not sure I heard the answer, and I know I've asked you before. Do they sell Nike shocks? Or are they just making them for you? No, or is this, sell them. Sure. is this your I gotta, old collection? i got to find them. I but what does that mean? I you, don't use any of my Nike connections. I don't use them. Right. I have them, but I, I just I just go to Zappos and, and, and get them. <laughs> so we could go to Zappos right now? Yes. You do this personally? Yeah. You well. Will. <laughs> <laughs> you think I tell someone to do it? <laughs> do you have a Nike Shocks guy? That you I, I have people that help me with things. Would you ever consider doing the sign? It, it feels like we're at that moment where there should be Please. a collaboration between Nike and Seinfeld I, and a lineup Shocks. I never dismiss out of hand any idea that you have. <laughs> Because you think things that I would never think, that I don't understand, but they're always pretty good. They're so like, whatever that you've said that, you have planted a seed in my of head. Of course. But I don't like... I don't like self-promotion, as you know. But I bought I bought you a couple pair of sneakers on the show. I bought I bought you these Hoka's, the the virgin oh, yeah, that those. I was wearing yeah, the other yeah. day. These are the Clays, the official sneaker of uh, Spike's Car Radio. But I bought you the the uh, uh, on running shoes yeah. and the Hoka's. Yeah, yeah. The Brentwood standard, beautiful. And you said I cannot switch out of the Nike Shock. It's the most comfortable. It just thing works for, my, for feet. my foot, and my foot is not a great foot, so I'm happy, and I don't really want to be bothered. Jerry, you remember at the end of the movie, oh, in one year they sold 192 <laughs> million dollars in 1984. Yes, 192. This is not that. Got, uh, this is not happening. 
How do you oh, know? You think I'm, a, I'm <laughs> not an athlete. Know? No one gives a shit about what I wear. No, but you're a sneaker I, uh, icon. icon. Of so, you did the whole Kith thing. It's You're part of that world, whether you want I to am. or not. They, the Kith guy told me that, uh, what is it? I am a sneaker uh, something. Maybe this is a Kith collab Nike shop. That's a pretty strong idea. Yeah. 192 million. Nike shock. Yes. 10% yes. of 192 million. <laughs> you know what else about them that I like? They're kind of fun. They're just funny enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you go out and you throw on a blazer and a polo, the sneaker yeah. makes you funny. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's funny. You're not trying to be cool. No. You're, you're, they're just funny enough, that's and they look good, and you're comfortable. That's a, that's a big win. Okay. So there you go. There's some money. Vendura 25. Well, that's what we have, guys. That's an that's an hour and twenty five minutes. Wow. Great show. If uh, so, says the guy who's in it. <laughs> It'll be judged harshly. <laughs> but yes, in general, people like these shows. Um, anything else you guys want to say? I liked when we got philosophical there about success and uh, brands, and I think that was a, that was kind of interesting. The car advertising question, best question of, of the There you show. go. What car advertising motivated you? Yeah. Yeah. That was great. It was a fine show. It's always good to hook in with you guys, give you a chance to ask Rene, questions. And, and there was a TV commercial for Fiat where Rene Julien drove a Fiat 124, and he, he was a famous European movie stuntman, and he would only drive Fiat 124s, and they show him jumping from one building to another. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Do you remember that? Yeah. But that was a powerful ad. And port- I had a Fiat 124 uh, sedan. I'm still looking for another one. If anybody knows a really nice Fiat 124 sedan from the early 70s, I'm looking. I did like the Volvo with the truck or whatever they piled on top of it to show how strong it was. Except they it was cheated. Yeah. yeah, so I like that too. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice asterisk did to the you, story. You, did you watch any of that video I sent you about the Volvo engine? That was a that was a marvelous video, including the guy who was narrating. Yes. Yes. Interesting, right? Yeah, oh, the greatest. Yeah, very interesting. Volvo, what, what was the the B20 engine, how yeah. incredibly strong it was? Does it make you want to buy a Volvo? Yeah, it does. Really? <laughs> Everything makes me want to buy something, Jerry. Uh, how like I want to do is buy. He's like a schnauzer with the milk bones. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll buy it. It is. What is it? What is that, what is that moment about? Because we all have fine cars. We're fine. We don't need anything else. It's fun. But what is it? Is it dopamine? Yeah. It's partially dopamine, but it, but it's also a little celebration of your life. This was when I lived, and I remember this, and I can go back there. You can't do that in too many other ways. Yeah, go back there to that feeling. You Try know? doing it with a haircut. Doesn't work at all. No. Yeah. Can't do it with clothes. Can't do it with a location. You go back to where you grew up. It doesn't, Ugh. you know, it's horrible. Yeah. All right. Well, we've really lived. We have yeah. truly lived. <laughs> Just like you out there are living too. Don't forget, you have a life. We haven't stopped. You haven't stopped. What? I started Monday just grinding along. I'm still grinding. I just w- walked off the Long Beach Grand Prix. I just have not stopped moving. But you were doing shows before Monday, right? Weren't you doing the Beacon? We prepped the shoot. Then I flew from L.A. to New York, did four shows at the but Beacon. Didn't you, but you right shot there. before then. Weren't you doing stand-up before? Yeah. You did the weekend the weekend before and then came out and shot yes, with us. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
and then went to Caesars that weekend. That and the, Fresno that same yeah. night. Yeah, we shot and I did San Jose on the same day. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Wow. TM, try TM if you want to be like that. There you go. Yeah, I haven't even had time for that. <laughs> well, there's our show, friends. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you next week on Spike Star Radio. We'll see you there. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.